need to declutter your office from lots of kind of mess so that it's actually set up, the environment is actually designed for the purpose that you're actually doing. And it's a great thing actually to separate your space so that it's allocated and set up for specific tasks. to be able to create good habits so that you can achieve the results you want? Well, if the answer to that is yes, hang about because I am going to take you through four key stages and things that you can easily put into place in order to create good habits in your life. Now, some of this inspiration has come from a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. So check that out. But what I want to do is apply my take on it so that this brings it to life for you. So if you want to get more stuff done, you're getting a little bit frustrated maybe with the limited progress that you're making, often that can be down to the lack of habits and good habits that you have in your life, in your career, in your business. So grab a pen and paper because I am going to take you through four stages of how to create good habits so you can get more done in less time and get the results that you want for yourself, your loved ones, and just for your overall well-being really in progress. So the four stages of creating good habits are Q, number two, craving, number three, response, and number four, reward, right? So any habit that you can think about actually has those four phases to it. So let's talk about the first one, the cue. So the cue is all about the impetus, the clues that get you started with a good habit in the first place. And the key here is about making it obvious, right? So within that, the first thing you can do is actually create a bit of a habit scorecard. So literally take stock of the habits that you have in your life today and take a look at them and just say, are they serving me in terms of what you're trying to achieve or are they actually holding you back? So you just do a little bit of an audit really in terms of what's going on in your life and the habits, be they good or bad. So that's almost like your line in the sand, right? To get you going in the first place. The second little trick around having a cue that gets you going in the first place with a good habit is what I would call implementation intentions. Now by that, you know, I think very often when we're trying to put good habits into practice, we're often a bit woolly about them. So for example, you might say, well, I really want to get fit, so I'm going to start going to the gym. Okay, so it's a well-intended statement, but it's not specific enough. So with implementation intentions, you are much more specific. So in that example, you will say, I will go to the gym at 7am every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for example. So it's much more specific, it's much more granular, and it quite frankly, it'll allow you to see whether you're doing that and keeping track of it. So it's not flaky, it's much more specific and you can apply that to any situation. So say for example, you need to be making certain number of sales calls. I will make 10 sales calls every Monday morning between nine and 10 o'clock from my office, for example, and say where you are going to actually deliver that habit. So that's called an implementation intention. Now, the other thing you can do in order of getting going is habit stacking. So by this, say you already have a current habit 
in your routine that works quite well for you. It's a good habit. Well, what you can actually do is add on the new habit after that. So for example, say you get up in the morning and you would typically have a bowl of fruit for your breakfast. That's your current habit. You do it naturally. You don't think about it. Well, what you could then do is say, okay, I'm going to habit stack. So after I have had my bowl of fruit in the morning, I am then going to put on my training kit and go to the gym, right? Or go for a run or whatever it might be. So you can apply this to, you know, whether it's about well-being, health, etc., or business habits that you're trying to put into practice. So that's called habit stacking. Now, the fourth point is around designing your environment so that the cues are there so that it makes it less friction. So, you know, making it obvious. So I'll tell you what I do. Um, I know that if I don't do my exercise in the morning, it is not gonna happen because I get busy with my day, you know, things overrun or whatever might happen, life gets busy or I lose my energy. I'm at my most energized in the morning. So I like to tr do my training first thing in the morning, but let me tell you, when it's dark outside, it's winter especially, the weather's rubbish, you don't always feel like it, do you? So the cue that I actually put in place in that situation in terms of the environment is, I get my training kit, my trainers out, and I place them in the room so that as soon as I wake up in the morning and I go into the bathroom, I actually put them in the bathroom actually most of the time, I put my kit on straight away, the cue is there, right? I see my training kit, I put it on, and then that is my mental kind of training to myself to say, well, I've got my training kit on, I can't, I have to go and do my training now because I'm ready for it. Or it might be, for example, where, I don't know, you remove all of the chocolate from the obvious easy access places and replace it with a bowl of fruit, you know, or it might be that you need to declutter your office from lots of kind of mess so that it's actually set up, the environment is actually designed for the purpose that you're actually doing. And it's a great thing actually to separate your space so that it's allocated and set up for specific tasks. So you're much more likely to do this stuff. So if, for example, you know, during COVID, it was very difficult for a lot of people because you're working maybe from your dining room table, lots of distractions. It's also where you have breakfast with the kids and your evening meal, etc. It doesn't feel like a conducive working environment so you know if you are able to find a separate place a separate room if you're lucky enough to have that in your house that's set up for working in that room when you're there you're working you know when you're in the bedroom you know it's a place for sleep so it's all set up for sleep you know we don't have tv for example in our bedroom um, because we don't want that distraction you know um, it could be that you know, the TV room that you sit with the family, you know, is designed in a nice environment. So that's where you're with the family and you're not sitting there working in that environment. So you can really design your environment to help you. So that's the first stage of creating good habits, the cues, making it obvious so that you get started in the first place. Okay, the second point is around craving, right? So a craving is an anticipation of a reward right? So here it's, you know, we live in a world where we want instant gratification. And this is where very often habits fall by the wayside. You know, so the gyms are absolutely jam-packed with people in January, but come February, you know, a lot of people are not in the gym anymore. They, they've not kept up the habit. And that is often because maybe the actual reward 
you know, hasn't materialized yet. It takes time to get fit. It takes time to lose weight and it isn't immediate. So when you're actually trying to put a new habit in place, one of the things you can do, and this is around making that craving, make it attractive, is it's almost like temptation bundling. So you can make a, you know, a certain habit or activity enjoyable straight away. So that could be, I don't know, listening to your favorite podcast while you're taking the dog for a walk or listening to music, for example, you know, so that actually then you're combining something that you enjoy doing with the new habit that you want to, to actually put into place. You know, the other thing is around, art, you know, putting yourself in a culture where that behavior is the norm. So, you know, so this is often where, you know, if you're part of a networking group, for example, for business, you know, you're surrounding yourself with a culture and environment where you've got fellow like-minded business people in your network and they're all ambitious, they're looking to grow their business, maybe they're looking to sell a business, maybe they're looking to start a new venture, but you are in a culture that actually reflects the behavior and the habit that you want to actually put into place yourself. So joining a culture where that behavior is the norm is gonna help you stick with what you're doing. You know, and then the other thing is around creating a motivational ritual as part of this whole craving piece. So if you can anticipate a reward, which may not be the ultimate end reward, but is almost like an interim thing, you know. So, for example, if you're trying to put new best practice into you know, your business life of, say, making sales calls, as I said earlier, you know, the reward afterwards, the immediate gratification might be, okay, after I've made 10 sales calls in the morning, I'm going to take a 15 minute break, sit out in the garden with a cup of tea and a bourbon biscuit, right? You've got a reward there, you've got a little bit of downtime, but it's after you have done the sales calls. Now, the long-term reward is the business that comes in from those sales calls, but you have got an immediate gratification to satisfy that craving in the short term, okay? So third stage of creating a good habit is about response. So this is where you're taking the action. And here is all about making it easy. As human beings, we are wired to do the easy things, not the hard things. But we all know that it's often the hard things that actually are gonna get you the better results, right? So what you need to do when you're trying to put a new habit in place is you need to reduce the friction, right? So for example, um, if you want to get fit and you're going to join a gym, if you can join a gym that is on the way to work, then you are far more likely to actually go on your way to work or, or coming back from work because the friction is less. If you choose to join a gym that's in the total opposite direction, it's going to take you 20 minutes, half an hour to get there. There's friction there. So you are less likely to actually take the action. So that's just one example. You know, as I said before, make it easy, prime your environment, you know, and equally the opposite also, you know, goes, holds true here as well. If your temptation is after you've had a cup of tea or when you're having a cup of tea is to reach for the, for the cookie jar well, remove the cookie jar, then you're not going to, you're not going to be tempted. It's not in your immediate grasp, you know, so prime your environment to make sure that it's actually fit for purpose to make your response, the action you need to take for the habit as easy as possible, as frictionless as possible. You know, and there's a big thing around taking massive action, decisive in the moment action. 
So, because very often we might have a great idea, but we don't, we leave it too long. We don't actually take action on it. So if you wanted to, I don't know, start a new business, for example, and there's a load of stuff that you need to do in order to get going with that, in that very minute, you could send an email to someone to kick off the process, you know, or do something decisively in the moment. And it's a great thing around having a two minute rule. So the two minute rule means that the start of any action, any response that you need to put into place for this new habit that you want, it needs to be done in less than two minutes, right? So putting my training kit on, the, on in the morning, it takes less than two minutes. Once it's on, that action has been taken and then that's the catalyst for me to take the next action, the next action so far. So, you know, every big journey starts with one step. You know, if you want to write a fantastic book, well, it's going to start by writing, you know, the first title to a chapter probably take you less than two minutes to write the title for the chapter, but you've started and then you write the next paragraph, etc. So you build momentum. But that first catalyst action needs to be quick. It needs to be immediate and it needs to be take you less than two minutes. So, um, I don't know, cooking a healthy dinner for, uh, for the family. Less than two minutes, you know, it might be get the ingredients out of the fridge going to take you less than two minutes. Once the ingredients are out of the, out of the fridge, you can then chop the vegetables, etc., etc. So you get the general sense, you know, and, and the other, the other point around, you know, making your responses, your actions easy, try and automate wherever you can. And technology can be amazing for this. So wherever you can automate, so it takes away the friction again, that is a great thing to do. Um, so, you know, that might be that, um, it, you, you know, your device is programmed so that you can't access your social media after a certain time at night, for example, you know, it's a habit that's, that's trying to stop you be addicted to social media all the time and have quality sort of leisure time. So you can use technology in a really good way. So then the fourth stage of creating a good habit is about reward. That's why you're doing it. You want the reward at the end. So this is about making it satisfying. But as I said, very often it's the rewards come later. It's delayed gratification and that can often involve a lot more willpower then to stick with a new habit because you're not seeing the immediate results. So what you can do in between is to actually have small immediate rewards along the way that encourage you to keep that habit going ultimately for the big win at the end. You know, and you can use a habit tracker here. You know, when you're actually tracking your progress as human beings, I think we are at our happiest and most content when we're making progress. We're not stagnating. So, you know, a habit tracker, just the very fact that you're tracking your progress and you can visually see the progress you're making, the progress with the action, even if you haven't got the absolute final results yet, is going to help you keep going. So actually tracking and visually tracking that. The second, the third thing I will say about rewards and making it satisfying, never miss twice, right? So we all have bad days. There are certain things that blow us off track. We're human beings at the end of the day. That happens. But do not write off all of the good work that you've done and the habit, the new habit you want to put into place, you know? So if you miss a day training, okay, you've missed the day training, don't beat yourself up, but make sure you get back on it the next day. So never miss twice. Because if you miss twice and then you miss a third time, then you miss a fourth time, you know, that good habit is gonna be much harder to start and it may, you may never get it back. 
it takes on average, loads of research has been done on this. How long does it take to create a good habit? Well, it varies massively from 18 days to 254 days, but the average is 66 days. But the reality is it's not necessarily the number of days, it's the number of repetitions that actually really counts. So, you know, if you want to create good habits in your life, you really need to be putting these tricks and tips into place along these four phases of habits, right? So the first one, cues, make it obvious. Second, craving, make it attractive. The anticipation of the reward is what the craving is that actually then allows you to take the action, which is the third point. So when you respond and you take the action, make it easy, reduce the friction. And then the fourth point is about the reward. Make it satisfying and really have some of that immediate satisfaction built into the habit so it keeps you going. Once you actually establish good habits in your life, what actually you thought was hard becomes a lot easier, it becomes ingrained, it becomes much more around who you are as a person and just that you do this stuff naturally, just in the same way as you would get up in the morning and clean your teeth. <laughs> so, you know, it's. Uh, I hope this is helpful. It's certainly something that's given me a lot of food for thought in terms of looking at the habits that I have, my daily routines that really allow me to, to make, you know, great progress and get results. So none of us are perfect um, and we all have good days and bad days. So let's be kind to ourselves. But at the same time, don't kid yourself either. You know, there's a lot you can actually do to make sure that you put good habits in place because that's when you're going to get the results. But start small. Start small. Remember that two minute rule, you know, whatever you're trying to do, the first catalyst, the first action, the little baby action that you're going to take should take you less than two minutes. Because then once you've done that, you're going to move on to the next and the next and the next, etc. So I hope it's helpful. Remember, if you're not following me on social media, please do. It's always great to connect. You know, I love to be able to share ideas, get your thoughts. Um, you'll be listening to this maybe on the podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant. If you're not already subscribed, please do click subscribe and then you will be notified immediately when a new episode is out. Remember, I do two episodes a week. I have never missed. Talk about habits, consistent habits. That has allowed me to get Brave, Bold, Brilliant into the top one and a half percent of all podcasts in the world. Um, so it's so ingrained now in what I do as part of my kind of weekly routine I never miss. I never miss and I enjoy it. And what started out has been very difficult for me to start the podcast now is much more seamless and I enjoy it so much more. And I also, you know, get amazing results from that consistency. So that's one example there. Um, so yeah, so please do subscribe to Brave Bold Brilliant. And if I can help you in any way, if you want to check in and have, you know, a free mentoring session with me, a quick 15 minutes, uh, speed mentoring session, absolutely do so. I'm always here to help share, you know, some thoughts, bounce ideas around, etc., and help you whatever you want to do. So just remember, it is by being brave and bold that you are going to unlock your brilliance. So whatever you're doing today, wherever you are in the world, I'm here in the wonderful Dubai um, at the Fairmont the Palm, which is a beautiful hotel. So I feel very fortunate. Um, but seriously, you, there are no limits to what you can achieve. But by having these good habits in your daily routine, your weekly routine, your monthly routine, whatever it is, it is going to allow you to unlock that true potential in yourself. So have an amazing day. Be brave, be bold and be absolutely brilliant.
Bye now. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.